0: Coming in hot. Man, I love this song so much. And you guys have asked me what music I like to listen to when when I'm on my run or when I'm at the gym. And this is a track by Social Club Misfits. And it's been on my workout playlist. Ever since it dropped, it's on their new album, Everyone Loves a Comeback Story with the track Rendezvous, and it's been put out by Capital CMG, who also happens to be a podcast sponsor of ours. So for a long time now, one of the most asked questions I've been getting is my workout playlist, and I'm going to drop the link to my Spotify playlist in the description of this episode, and Rendezvous is at the top. And there's some awesome other stuff that I think you'll love there, too. Rendezvous is what I've been listening to lately for my heavy sets, for my long runs, or my quick runs, or whatever it's been. I love the new track, and I think you're, you're going to love it, too. All right, so I felt it fitting that my first uh, recurring guest on my podcast would be my wife, and her name is Sadie. And I'm super thankful that she is joining me today. And um, all you guys asked that she would come back, and here she is. She's back in the flesh, and I'm loving that you are able to join me again today for my podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks everyone for asking me to come back. I don't know if if you would ask me back, had not all your fans want me back.
0: I definitely even if no one said your name, I think I still would have asked you back.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Thank yeah. you. Well, well, I want to talk. No,
0: well, well, I wanted to talk today because we were talking recently about you starting a workout clothing line that I'm going to sort of be involved with and I've, I
1: know. It's super exciting. Well, i was going to say, I know you'd want me back just to hang, but I didn't know if my fitness was really inspiring you lately because I've been slacking a little bit.
0: No, your fitness has been inspiring me. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I missed a couple of days, but thank That's you. Okay. Well, no, I am starting a new workout clothing thing, and I'm super excited about it. And uh, hopefully I'm going to get you to do something with me uh, in the future. But it's really exciting. Um, for a long time, I've wanted to do this. You know, we have a clothing line called Words by Sadie Rob, and we put words of affirmation on clothes. Mm-hmm. And we've always done like sweat sets and all that kind of stuff, just like cozy things. And then um, really we were thinking recently because the heart of doing this on clothes is that people will see it in public and whatever someone's wearing will be affirming to whoever's looking. And it all came from whenever I was teaching that class in juvie. I taught a seven-week freedom series in a juvenile detention center in Nashville and I was wearing church merch every week, not really realizing it. I just always wear church merch because I have so much. Yeah. And I was wearing shirts that said like fearless or loved or uh, there was one that had the fruits of the spirit on it. And around week four or so, one of the girls said to me, she said, Sadie, um, every t- everything that you wear is so affirming to me. And that's kind of where Words by Sadie Raw was birthed, just this idea that what we're clothed in can really affirm us. And the Bible talks so much about clothing yourself in certain things. And so anyways, I thought it would be so cool to do a workout line because one, doesn't everybody need affirmation whenever you're working out? And two, how cool for a conversation starter at the gym when someone's like, hey, I love your set. And you're like, oh, let me tell you about the story behind it. And I know you're so good at sharing the gospel in a gym. And I thought this would be a cool way to open up that door for people. So anyways, the line that we did, it's a set. It's a black that it looks so slick. And then on it, it says endurance. There's a little tag. And that comes in the verse in Romans 5. And it talks about how, actually, can I just read it? Yeah. I don't want to botch it. So I'm going to read it because it's so good. It's Romans 5. Um, let's see. I think it starts at verse 3. Yeah. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And I've always just loved this verse, knowing that like all of those things like hope and character and endurance are produced from suffering because so many times in life we try to avoid the things that um, would cause us to suffer, would cause Mm -hmm. us pain. But a lot of times it's in the suffering, it's in the pain, it's in the hard things that produce the good things in life, that produce the rich things in life and I just think about how, you know, so many times people post like their progress report um, on working out and it'll be like this perfect image of them with like their six-pack abs in the mirror. And I'm like, you know, that is a form of progress. But a lot of times progress looks like me wiped out on the floor with dirt and sweat on my face. Like that's when the real progress happens. That's in the suffering. That's what's producing the endurance in my life, which is producing the character that I have, which is producing the hope that I have. And so um, hopefully that little word endurance on people's workout outfit will yeah. cause some great combos in the gym.
0: That's awesome. Well, even cause I've had so many people ask me about doing some kind of workout clothing or some kind of for it men clothing. And this is almost like a little partnership.
1: It is. And listen to this guy. So I say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I say, I'd love for you to do a men's thing with us. And he goes, well, can it be on my website? I was like, Brew. Well, because yeah. how many
0: times have I told you that the people want? Speaking of the people, the people <laughs> have been asking me for this.
1: We might do a little website collab. What's well,
0: the uh, like the like words by Sadie Rob? Times the four eight times four times eight, four eight, four eight man.
1: Well, we will get to Christian's thing later, so guys, get really excited about that. But the first launch in October this year, which I guess it's October, while you are listening, so be on the lookout on my Instagram. You can buy it for your it girlfriends. Yeah. But that'll just be the women's line. And then hopefully here in the next few months, we'll get the men's out too. No,
0: the men's line is going to be sweet. It's going to be cool. It's going to be dope. Super. (laughs) I hate the word dope. Okay. I don't know why I said that. All right. Um, Well, not only are you doing uh, a clothing line, but you also have an app for women. So um, if you're a woman listening to this, awesome. If you're a guy, maybe you can tell your girlfriend or wife or friend about it um but you're also starting to do workouts on the app too so yeah where has all of this fitness inspo kind of why have you started to want to dive you, into this are you
1: asking me a question to hype you up where's all my fitness inspo come from this guy no that was that was a no
0: way to hype myself up but i'm saying you're starting a workout clothing line and now you have workouts I'm on your kidding. app
1: yeah but but in all honesty you really have been my fitness inspo so thank you for thank being my you. fitness um, icon. But no, it's, it's just really inspiring seeing you work so hard and be so healthy for our family. And I wanted to do the same thing. Um, and then I want other girls to do it, too, and like to find just like health and freedom and working out. Because working out, I talked about this the last time I was on your podcast, was something that was always looked at as a negative thing in my life um, because there was just a lot of negative things tied to that. And now it's such a healthy, beautiful thing in my life. And I'm like, oh, man, I want girls to see it as such a healthy, beautiful thing that Mm -hmm. only makes you stronger. Um, It's not a punishment. It's actually a gift that we get to, you know, do that for our bodies and ourselves. And it just makes you stronger in the long run. So with that being said, I want to invite other girls into that and the freedom aspect. So I have a trainer Two trainers who are just amazing, they own um, a fitness place called Tribe 31, which is um, really just a place where you can train mentally, physically, and spiritually as women with only women, which is really great because it just feels really safe. And um, it's just a really welcoming place to work out. And that's where I work out. Anyways, Taylor and Joellen are so amazing. And I said, Hey, y'all are such great teachers of working out and the freedom of doing that. They, I mean, people in their classes are all ages, all sizes, and it's just really encouraging space. So I said, would y'all do something for our app where it's like a five day, you know, journey of like working out, but finding that like training physically, mentally, and spiritually. So they're doing a five day program on our app, which I'm so excited about. And that's starting in November. So if you haven't heard of the LO Sister app, LO Sister app is an online community of sisterhood where you're going to get daily encouragement every single day from girls just like you from around the world. So there's a free side of the app that anybody can get. And that's where, you know, you get daily encouragement and book club. But then there's a premium side of the app. And then the premium side is where you get really specific workouts. Um, It's a one-time purchase, but in that you're going to get, sorry, I meant to say workshops. But there is this five-day workout workshop that's going to be really, really encouraging. So I think it's going to be good. If you're a girl that's ever struggled with any kind of, um, you know, disordered thinking when it comes to working out and being healthy, I think this is a great place for you to dive in. These are two people who have helped me come out of it. They even helped me uh, through my postpartum days and working out when it was hard to. And I just think it's going to be a huge inspiration to a lot of women. I think a lot of times with working out, we want to just hide and do it by ourselves because maybe there's some insecurity and in some of those things. But it's great to do it alongside other women. And this is a great way where you can maybe do it at home by yourself, but alongside women on the app who are helping you through it. So I have done a couple of workout things lately well, that are that. cool. You have.
0: That's awesome. Well, a lot of these questions that I'm about to ask you, I kind of took them to the gram and – um, just wanted to hear people's opinions, hear people's thoughts on what they were curious to know about you Ooh. from a physical side or from a, a spiritual training side. And the first question is, um, what music is on your workout playlist?
1: Ooh, Well, I have a workout playlist called Dancing with Jesus, you know, and I listen to that playlist a lot on my way to working out and sometimes when I work out, but it's really my hype songs, you know, yeah. a lot of Andy Mineo. A lot of Kanye when he went super uh, spiritual in all of us. Um, I have Lecrae up in there. All kinds of just Christian rap. And um, so I love listening to that on the way there. Uh, There's also some other random songs from like Christian rappers that I'm not really sure of, but Mm. I love the song. What's that? Like Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I always get super hype. Yeah. So a lot of those. But then when I'm working out, I actually love to listen to worship music. Um, In fact, the other day we were doing this super hard workout. It was um, really cool, though. It was a 9-11 tribute workout, and so everything was, like, tailored to – remembrance of 9-11 and so because the year was 2001 when it happened we did a 2001 meter row twice so we ended up doing 4,002 meters of rowing which was really 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 hard and so the first 2,000 meters um, was before the workout started so it was hard but it was still doable then we did the whole 9-11 workout and then to finish it we had to do 2001 more um, on the rowing, And oh my gosh, I was like so tired. And it was probably like 400 meters in and they were playing some kind of like different music, maybe like rap music or something, or just really like hype music. And I just told our coach, I said, can you please put on worship? Like, I need Jesus to get me through this. And I do find that like when I worship and work out, I just have much better workouts, um, honestly, because when I work out, like for me, it a huge part of working out for me is like clearing my mind and like my mental space. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, it's just like so good for me to just while my body's working really hard, my mind to just be still and like cleanse it of anything that I'm actually going through that's really hard in my life and I'll think about things that I'm going through that have been hard and like just kind of work through them while my body's working through that and so Attaching that to the worship I'm listening to has been like really, really cool and really crucial. Mav City is my favorite worship to work out to, but yeah. um, really anything. They had LO worship playing yeah. the other day in the gym, yeah. and I was like, hey, oh Well, you Yeah,
0: well, you love, you love social club misfits too. I do love social yeah. club
1: misfits, yeah. So I, I hype myself up on the way there, and then I <clears throat> chill out when I get there.
0: Well, it's so funny you said that because I literally had that in my question after that. I was going to say, share the story of you doing the row a few weeks ago.
1: Did you really? Yes, that's, that's so funny cool. You said that. Yeah, that was a really cool workout. That was like probably the hardest workout that I've done as far as like mentally getting through something because it just seemed really. I don't know how
0: you rode four thousand. It was just, just really, really hard.
1: hard. You do and I know, and like that wasn't all we did. Like we did an entire yeah. workout that was like super hard, and yeah. then we rode yeah. two thousand more meters. No. I know. I told Christian that, and he was like, "Did you really?" And then he was like, "Rowing the other day, he was like, I cannot believe you did two thousand meters." I'm like, I can't either. Which I gotta see. say, I do love working out with worship, but every now and then, you know, they'll put on something else. And I do like that song that you like, this is how legends are made.
0: Oh, yeah, uh-huh. oh. yeah, that makes yeah, me feel yeah, pretty yeah, hype yeah. too. Yeah. You love that kind
1: of song. I kind of do. Anything that's like a little on the edge of cheesy, I'm kind of like there for it.
0: My next question is um, – so do you go through times of doubt, and if you do, how do you overcome these times? Dang,
1: Instagram went there. Instagram
0: is very. He like, said, What's actually, your workout
1: playlist." Do you ever doubt? You had God? way
0: more. You had way Dang. more spiritual questions than physical questions.
1: Well, you know, I like that.
0: No, I did too. I'm just saying, like although all Although cute.
1: physical training is of some value, go. godliness is a value in every way. You know
0: the scriptures. First Timothy
1: four eight four eight women up in here preaching the word. Um. Let's see, do I ever go through times of doubt? I have gone through times of doubt. I mean, I think that there's like doubt and like a big scale of like, do you doubt the existence of God? Um, That has never been something that I've really struggled with. I've had probably moments of like, like lies from the enemy for like a second that I'll be Mm -hmm. like, do you really believe that there's a God, you know? Mm -hmm. And then two seconds later, I'll be like, yes. Like, how could I not kind of thing? From all that I've seen God do, from all that I've experienced God do in my life, from all—I mean, from from waking up and seeing a sun rise, you know, from seeing a moon come out every night, from creation itself, from the fact that, you know, just my body, how did I— you know, create a child inside of me and birth this child who's become a miniature version of me. Like that, to me, like how can you doubt the existence of a creator and the intentionality behind that? Um, Even just like looking up things like we saw the other day, the God's not dead thing. And it was like uh, all the things in the universe that have to be so precise for us to even have life to me, I'm like, that's just so evident there's a God and there's a creator with so much intention and love behind the universe. Um, I love Matt, not Matt Chandler, um, Erwin Mana says, like, you can live your whole life chasing mathematics, or so you can live your whole life chasing love. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, love is a beautiful thing to, to chase. And it's so evident in every corner you turn that there's a God. It says it in the Bible, like, um, the heavens, like, proclaim of his glory, like, the creation proclaims of his glory. So, Yes, I think it's maybe there have been times where a whisper of doubt might come through, but very quickly that doubt is um, suppressed by truth. Um, Now, I also think there's doubt on like not as big of a like, is God real? But doubt of like, why would you do that, God? Mm -hmm. Like, why did that happen? Absolutely. I have moments like that, you know, when tragic things happen in life, it's like, God, why would you let that happen? Why would you allow that to happen? You're sovereign, like, you didn't have to let that happen. that didn't feel necessary to happen. Um, I feel like we could argue God all day long on mm-hmm. why he did what he did. Or I don't think God does those things. I think God allows those things to yeah. happen. Um, I think God is good in nature and always good. And I think um, people are sinful and the earth is, you know, a lot of times um, – hurt by the sin that we bring to it. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of things that happen tragically, I mean, it's not God's fault. I think it's our doing, but I do question why God would let that happen when he could have stopped it. But at the same time, like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't think like my why questions are helping me or anyone. And yeah, I sure. feel like I have to trust that God's good. And at the end of the day, know that God did not create this to be our home, but mm-hmm. eternity to be our home. And so when I'm looking at like my like finite perspective of like why 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 i know like god's looking at a bigger picture of like i'm going to work this all out for mm-hmm. my good and your good according to my purpose and so say so it to say i think there yeah times that it's easy to doubt but mm-hmm. it, but also i don't think that you know your why questions should get you in the way of you just yeah. trusting that God yeah. is good.
0: Well, and and I feel like doubt super normal and common. Like I, feel yeah. like I feel like sometimes you can like you can be judgmental about someone who's doubting, <clears throat> or like I, don't know, I feel like it can be viewed as like a negative thing sometimes. When in reality, like if you look at the scriptures, like so many people doubted. Yeah. Like all the disciples doubted. Like yeah. It's like a theme throughout the whole story of the Bible, and even this is just one of my favorite. Stories is in John 6, and it's really um, just after a lot of the disciples turned back and stopped following Jesus, um, not his 12, but just other disciples. And he asks Peter, he says, um, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12, someone Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And this verse, is it's just so cool to me because I, I, I like to view it in the context of like, if I'm doubting, but also like foreshadowing, like if something were, were to happen in my life, like in doubt were to be birthed from that, Mm -hmm. like, there's nowhere else I would go. So if some tragedy happened, you know, years down the road, and, like, I was angry at God, mad at God – but I wouldn't just desert him because something bad happened. Yeah. So I feel like this verse is super cool because it's like once you've
1: – Where else do you go? Yeah, like where yeah. else do you go? Like, uh, it's like, I don't that. think your why needs to get in the way of your relationship with God. Yeah. you know, I think it's okay to ask why. Just like if you did something crazy, I'd be like, why would you do that? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I don't love you. i just be like, why the heck did you do that? You know, And I think that would be a common thing and a normal thing for me to ask why – if you did something stupid, you know? But at the same time, that doesn't mean I don't love you, you know, yeah. or trust your intention. And just, why did you do that, you know? And I think that like, I mean, the cross is like the ultimate moment for like people to doubt, like before Jesus raised from the dead. Like when Jesus died on the cross and like his disciples have been walking with him and he's been saying that he's God and then he dies, I think it would be really easy for the disciples to be like, why did that happen? Like that was the most tragic thing that could have happened. But like the whole time, like God had a plan and he was making for good what was just so bad. And like without the cross, there would be no redemption, there would be no sacrificial lamb, there would be no, there would be no mm-hmm. resurrection without the death of Jesus. And yeah. like the resurrection is what really brings the miracle and what really brings that the, the power of the gospel. Like that is the whole gospel. And so without that, you know, we miss it. But I love Thomas. Like Thomas is like, he doubts. He's like, no. And then they're saying, Jesus is back. And Thomas is like, no way Jesus is back. If Jesus is back, then I'm going to have to see the nails in his hands. I'm going to have to see. Peter's going to say, he's like, show me, show me the scars if Jesus is really back. And then I love this verse. It says that they were in a room with the door locked. And then somehow Jesus shows up. And I just Mm -hmm. love it. It's like, the door was locked, by the way. Let me just show you how crazy this is. And Jesus shows up and he's like, Simon, do you want to see my hand. And Jesus caters to the doubt. But then he says, like, you know, what does he say? He basically is like, um, yes, like he loves the ones that doubt and believe, but like, blessed are those who don't have to see and still believe. And so I do think that there is something to that. It's like, yes, if you doubt, like he loves you and he's going to cater towards that and he's going to speak to that. But also like, blessed are you who don't have to see and can still believe in the goodness of God. And Mm so, yeah, I mean, it's a good topic. We could go, yeah, go on of that.
0: Well, speaking of, really, of another good topic, how do you distinguish between God's voice and your own voice? Like your conscious I mean, thoughts?
1: I mean, I do think that I heard somebody say that they realized one time that God's voice sounds like their voice. And I do think, in some sense, like like when I say I, I heard God say, I didn't hear a different voice in my head that was. Morgan Freeman like, you know, audible, this is clearly the voice of God. It was like a whisper in my my spirit that sounded like me, if you will, except for it had uh, wind behind it, if you will. And this is trying to put words to a spiritual thing. That you experience. But I think that when it's God, first of all, I will say when you're hearing the voice of God, it will always line up with God's word. God's not going to speak something that's in direct opposition to the word of God, because this is the word of God. So his voice is going to sound like his word. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes he's going to say something that might not be a scripture. Yeah. Sometimes he will say something that's maybe not a direct scripture, but it's always going to be in alignment with His Word. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's always going to be truth-filled, truth-pat. I don't believe that God speaks in fear. Um, I think a lot of times people—I used to do this. I would think, oh, no, God just told me that something bad's going to happen. And really, that was my anxiety talking. You know, God's not going to speak in fear. Now, there were times that God spoke in warning, um, but He would always provide a way out. Like, He spoke to Joseph in a dream, basically showing him, like, you need to get out of this town because they're about to kill all these babies, including Jesus. So he got up and left. So I don't think God speaks in fear. I think God speaks in direction. Um, I think God speaks um, in peace. I think if you ever hear the voice of God, it will um, be a filled with peace and truth and, and, and the nature of who he is, love. Um, and so, yeah, I think, and it, it, to me, it kind of stops me. It's almost like I'm thinking thoughts that, you know, you think thoughts all the time. You have so many thoughts. And then there's a thought that drops in your spirit that kind of just like, whoa, it's almost like, like, I didn't think that, that thought came from somewhere else. And it's very spiritual and it aligns with truth. And it's actually very clarifying for the thing that I'm praying through. It aligns with what I'm praying and aligns with what I'm asking the Lord already, and so I think when you're in communication with God, then you know what you're asking God. You know what you're talking to God about. And then like it's like, boom, here's your direction. Boom, here's your answer. I don't hear God all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel like when I am seeking to hear, a lot of times I do, but not always. Like I've said before, um, this was kind of cool. This summer, I you know really needed to hear from the Lord on this message that I was preaching and I would get up at sunrise and I'd go sit outside in my rocking chair at sunrise and I would just listen for the voice of the Lord. And I would just get so tired out there because I wasn't hearing anything. So I'd read the Bible and I just wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't really getting inspired. And my friends were like, How's sunrise been? You know, because they knew I was getting up to pray and ask the Lord for this message. And I said, It's like radio silence. It's like I'm hearing nothing. And what was really cool though is I would just journal during that time of just, like, kind of what I was praying about, scriptures that I was reading. And then two months later, um, I sit down to prepare the message for conference. And I only had, like, three weeks before, less than three weeks before I was supposed to preach, which is so late to start preparing a message. And I was just like, okay, Lord, like, I really need you to speak to me on this message. And when I prepare a message, it takes me so long. And so I was definitely not expecting to have a whole message that day. Well, after I prayed— Um, lit a candle set and just was like ready to start typing and Christian watched me. I started typing so fast. Like it was insane how fast I was typing. And he was like, what is happening over there? I'm like, I'll tell you later. This is so crazy. So after about 30 minutes of typing, I have six pages. Was it six pages? I think it was Mm -hmm. six pages.
0: pages.
1: Fully word for word typed out an entire message, like three analogies, a scene from a movie, scripture references here and there, like an entire message and it all came to me in those 30 minutes. And I said, Christian, that was the coolest thing. I was like, I was literally having a vision of me preaching on the stage at conference. And I was, I was just watching myself preach and I was typing every single thing that I was hearing myself say. It was like the Lord just gave me that vision. So, anyways, I go, I don't even know if this is good, but this is what the Lord just gave me. I'm gonna share it with you. Read that whole thing to Christian. It took me 25 minutes to read the whole thing. That's how long it was. Word for word, didn't embellish anything, just read it. Literally, that was my exact message at conference. I didn't change one thing. It was the coolest experience. But what I look back on, and I look back at those radio silent moments in my journal two months before, so many of the scriptures that I was writing, so many of the prayers I was praying, so many of the analogies I was thinking of, were literally written in the journal two months before in my radio silent moments. That's so sad cool. to say you know, sometimes you feel like God isn't speaking when you're having conversation with him, but I think God is cultivating something in you. Um, mm-hmm. And in the right time, he's going to drop it in your spirit for you to say and for you to hear. And um, gosh, when I was on stage at L.O. Sister, I just felt like I was just speaking exactly what I, what I heard and it was coming out so freely. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I know that it, it's helpful. very hard to put language to something that is a very spiritual, personal theme between you and God. But I think that that's a pretty accurate and helpful way to describe what I experienced with the Lord and hopefully it can help you in your life too.
0: Yeah. Well, this next thing, this is one of your favorite verses um, that you love to talk about. And this person wants to hear your thoughts on it. Hmm. Um, Death and life are in the power of the tongue.
1: Ooh. What are your thoughts? I love this verse. I probably say this verse like once a week. (laughs) I just love this verse so much. Um, What a verse, what a powerful verse that we should all be very mindful of, that our tongue, our mouth holds the power of life and death. And, man, you can see that so evidently in the way that you use your words. Um, You can use your words to literally encourage someone to be the greatest version of them. You can affirm them. You can lift them up. Mm -hmm. Your words can be such a pivotal moment in someone's life that – Brings life to their to their bones, to their souls, to their spirit, and and you see that life being given. You know when I when I affirm you, when I speak life over you, like I watch life well up in you, um, yeah. as my husband. Now at the very same time with the very next breath, your words could be something that tears someone down, that destroy a dream, that destructs everything in their life. They're they they all of a sudden become super insecure. They don't know who degrade they are. Their they character. degrade yeah. their character. They they look at themselves in a whole new light. They don't believe in themselves the way they used to. And um that that's in the power of your tongue. That's in the power of your Tongue. And mm-hmm. I think that this verse is one of the coolest things because I think this verse shows us maybe maybe even most clearly how we're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of any other form of creation that has power in their tongue like that. Mm-hmm. No other form of creation can speak life or speak death over something. Um, that's what we have as humans. I mean, animals, I don't believe that they do that. I've never seen that happen. You know, um, you don't see that and. The ocean, you don't see that in the sun, you don't see that in the grass, you don't see that like power of words, power of tongue. Um, But with God, you do see that God spoke life into existence. It says in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says that God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So God spoke life into existence. And then later in creation, it says that God created us in his image which I think one form of that is the way that we are able to speak life into things. Um, I hate how I think it's getting a little bit manipulated nowadays to where it's like we can manifest things. Mm -hmm. um, And people are like, I manifest this, I manifest this, I speak to the universe, you know, and they're speaking this life and speaking these things. Um, I think that what they're doing and what they're seeing is a very – like a lesser than version of what God originally had for them to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, your mouth does have power. Yes, your words do have power. But the thing that brings the power is the wind of God in that, is the is the power of God through that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, like if you actually want to see things manifest in your life, like, allow your prayer life to line up with the things that you're saying and allow God to get behind it and do something uh, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And yeah, use your words for good. Use your tongue for mm-hmm. something good. I, I've gotten to see firsthand the power of words. I write books, I do podcasts, I speak, and I've gotten to see so many lives change when people come to me and say, you changed my life. Um, you know, I don't think I changed your life by standing there. I think it was the words I was saying. And I'm grateful that most of the words I say are rooted in scripture Or from my testimony. And I think there's power in those words. And so if you're ever wanting to speak life over someone, speak the word of God over them, it's active and alive. That's the kind of thing that will really be manifested into people's lives. Um, and consider also that within your breath and within your tongue, you also have the power to speak death. And so um, let that sober you to uh-huh. understand that, you know, if your words have been tearing someone down, a powerful word to follow up that is an I'm sorry, you know, um, a vulnerable, I was insecure, I messed up. And I think those words can re nourish some Mm -hmm. really hurt places in your life.
0: Yeah. And I think this verse also is linked with another one of your favorite ones about the heart. Um, You might know what verse I'm talking about.
1: From the heart, so the mouth shall speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite verses because most convicting. So I'm
0: saying, like, yes, your power holds the, your tongue holds the power to life and death, but the conduit of that is the heart. Yeah. And like, if your heart's not right, then that's ultimately what's producing the life.
1: If you it. ever wonder, why do I say stuff like that? You know, like, yeah. why, why do I say stuff like that? Why does that keep coming up? Why do I keep cussing? Why do I keep saying things that are rude? Why do I keep saying things that are inappropriate? Why do I keep saying these vulgar things? Well, check your heart. I think so many people want to speak more positively, but they drown themselves in negativity all day long. You want to speak positively, but... All the TV shows you're watching are vulgar and crude and, um, you know, sexual. sexual and the songs that you listen to and the things that the people you surround yourself with. So from the heart, so the mouth shall speak. You know, if, if you don't like the words that you're saying, you know, you don't just scrub your mouth with soap. You check your heart. You mm-hmm. purify your heart. You cleanse your heart because that's where things are to speak from. And, I mean, for me, I've, I've started so many TV shows lately even that I'm like, can't watch this after five episodes because I notice my language. I notice my thought pattern. I'm so sensitive to that yeah. because I know from the heart, so the mouth shall speak. I know whatever's going on in my brain. If, if my brain is an anxious place, I'm going to speak out of anxiety. I'm going yeah. to live out of anxiety. My, my body's going to physically feel that. But if my mind's at peace, if my heart is at peace, my mind's in truth, my heart's in truth, the words that I say, the confidence I carry is going to do that. And so I don't think it's rocket science, but I do think it's hard work. And I do think it's commitment. And I think that, um, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not hard to figure out how do you, how do you live with such a... Mm-hmm. You know how do you speak such good words? how do you get to such a healthy place? but I do think it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of sacrifices and yeah. that's the stuff you have to be willing to make if you want to be the person that you know you can become. that's really the best version that God intended you to be yeah,
0: that's so good. How has being married um how is well I'm sorry, I don't know why I just draw a blank on that. <laughs> how has being married help us grow the kingdom in a way that being single couldn't have?
1: Is the question Instagram throughout us? Yeah. Mm, that's I just rephrased it
0: a little bit, but yeah.
1: That's good. How has being married helped us? Well, when I want to say first of all, you know, I think that okay, I don't think. I no, Paul was single, and this dude started the churches. Okay, so we wouldn't even be here, probably, you know, in church as a church if Paul hadn't done what Paul had done as a single person. So if you're single. You can do some massive work, okay. If we were to have stayed single, we could have done incredible work for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But it says in the Bible, um, Paul even says, you know, if you if you don't have to get married, don't get married. He said, if you don't burn with passion, don't don't even do it. He said it's better to be single because Paul experienced that for him, and he had lived a great life single. But if you have that desire to be married, of course, get married. God mm-hmm. also created marriage. One of the first things in the Bible mm-hmm. is um, the marriage of Adam and Eve. You know, what what God brought together, let no man separate. A uh, mm-hmm. Man must leave his mother and father and cling mm-hmm. to his wife. That's in like, what, life. Genesis yeah. 3, Genesis 2 even. Mm-hmm. It is in Genesis 2, the second chapter of the Bible. So marriage is all through the Bible. God created that. So yes, whether you're single or whether you're married, you can do massive impact for the kingdom of God. So please don't hear in us saying how our marriage has done more than our singleness, that you could do more if you're married. That's only if God has that for you. If the right person comes into your life, you could also do a lot less marrying the wrong person. So consider that. Um, but I think, I think it ultimately matters where your heart is, what you're pursuing, and what what you're willing to you know do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. For us, I think it's been huge for us because mm-hmm. um, for me, even I've noticed just such a security to my life and a strength to my life, having Christian as such a rock in our marriage. Um I have also noticed my schedule being doable as to mm-hmm. before we were married. Um, I don't have as much discipline as Christian. Shocker. I don't have as much, um, uh, just a disciplined lifestyle, as much of a control over my schedule. Sometimes, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So I'll just do it all. And that got me burnt out, filled with anxiety, um, you know, just in a bad place. But since mm-hmm. we've gotten married, I think what's been really cool for me is I've done so much more. Um, more than I was doing before, especially for the kingdom of God, because Christians help me so much with you know who I am, managing my schedule, really honing on what I say yes to, really honing on our family's mission in our life, just cheering me on and affirming me, helping me with messages, helping me with podcasting. And I think like our teammate, um, just being teammates is really cool. I mean, it does say in Ecclesiastes, like, two are better than one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um And I've seen that in our marriage, too, really having better than one because, like, two whole people have come together and helped each other be the best version of themselves. And I think I've pushed Christian. I think Christian, you know, um, is a little bit less ambitious than I am. um, As to where if I have an idea and I say the idea, a lot of people say ideas all day long, I'm actually going to do it. Like, it might be insane, but I'm like, tomorrow I'm making a call to five different people, and in one month we're doing the thing that I just thought of. As to where I'll say, Christian, you should do this. And he's like okay. And then I checked back in like two months later, Christian, what do you think about this? You know, but I think that I helped pull that out of you. Yeah, and then you, you helped me do the things that I actually really need to, yeah, on to do. Yeah,
0: you do. Oof. Women preaching.
1: Women preaching in the church. These people got, for real, they said, let me just throw it all at you. Women preaching in the church. I mean, obviously I preach um, and I'm a woman. Um, I think that I think this is a tough one for a lot of people because it does say in the Bible, um, women be silent in the church. And I'm not ignoring that. I, I definitely see that. I definitely think also in the Bible, there's a lot of things of just like um, men being the leader, you know, women submitting to their husbands. And I will say like in our life, I I am such a natural born leader. That's who I am. But I am definitely submitted to you mm-hmm. as my husband. That doesn't mean I don't lead in the capacities that I'm great at leading out our family in. Christian allows me to do that for sure. But there is definitely a, you know, respect of you as the leader of our home. Um, and so I think that women, you know, submitting doesn't mean taking away from who you are. That doesn't mean that, you know, you have to cower down or hide who you are. I think that just means respecting um, and respecting your husband, allowing them to be the leader and to make decisions for your family. But that doesn't mean completely silencing your voice or anything. And I've never felt belittled Mm -hmm. by that. I've never felt less than because of that. I think what it actually does is it puts your home in the right place. I think it actually frees you to be um, the best version of you. But at the end of the day, what a sweet thing to know that I don't have to make all the decisions, you know, that my husband is a rock and he's wisely considering things for our family that I can lean on and rest in. Um, So to me, it's actually very freeing. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm bound to this. I feel very freed by that. So I'll say that. But as far as women speaking in the church, I'll say this. Um, Yes, it does say that. I do think a lot of that was cultural. Um, Back in the day, if you study what Paul was referring to when he was talking to that church for women not speaking in that church, there's all kinds of different beliefs on what was actually happening in the church. One belief is that, and this is historical, that men actually got to sit in the front of the church. And women got to sit in the back had to sit in the back of the church. And the men were schooled men. They knew a lot. The women didn't know as much. So the women were asking so many questions. And it was distracting from the church service. And so they said, Women, be silent in the church. Like, don't like you're distracting mm-hmm. us. And they said, Go home and ask your husband these questions if you have them, because your husband can answer them at home instead of being a distraction in the church. Now, I'm not a scholar. I don't study all these things. This is what I've heard from being in Israel, and they they Pointed out, So I do know that a lot of these things are cultural. Um, I also believe that like, it's great for men to lead in the church, um, obviously, but I do think women have a place in the church. I think it's very obvious in biblical culture that women can have a place in the church and should preach and should lead. I don't think it's a coincidence that literally the first person that Jesus sent off to preach was a woman, and not only was she a woman, but a woman at the well. Whenever the woman was at the well and he was talking to her and he was like, you've had five husbands and this and this and this and he's just saying everything about her life. And what does Jesus say? He goes, go back and tell your community about this. So what is, what is going and telling? What is going and telling your testimony? It's preaching, you know? That's what I'm doing. I'm telling about the goodness of God. I'm telling about my testimony. So guess what? That woman did that. And then all those people begin to be interested in Jesus because of this woman's testimony, because of this woman preaching. So there's the first woman who Jesus really encountered himself to preach. And then also first woman, Uh, The first person to encounter Jesus after he raised from the dead was Mary and Mary Magdalene. And he said, go go tell everybody um, that I'm going to meet up at the sea. And so Jesus sent Mary to go tell everybody about him. So I just don't think it's a coincidence that women were all... In this story, the whole time of the Bible, and Jesus was working with women to get his gospel out there. Mary, Magdalene, and Jesus did a lot of ministry together. And so Jesus always encouraged that. He pushed that forward. Um, and then, even in um, Philippians, I believe, Philippians 4 2, it makes a reference, I think, um, to two women who were in ministry with Paul. And he says, Women, get over your arguing. We got a gospel to preach. We are, we're on a mission here. And so that just shows that. Women were a part of the gospel. Get now there's several different references to women in the New Testament that were a part of the gospel being going forward. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yes, I actually think it's biblical for women to be a part of ministry. Mm-hmm. And I even think that it is supported that women can preach. Um, Pebble Phil said this the other day, because Pebble Phil used to kind of think um, women shouldn't preach in the church based off of those verses. And he did a lot of studying. And he said, I so, said, you know, I realized he said, never in the Bible, in the New Testament, does it ever reference a pulpit. And he said, which is just really interesting because so many people say women can't preach in a pulpit. And he said, but Jesus didn't preach in a pulpit. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we studied this Jesus preaching on the boat, you know, with his yeah. friends. Jesus preaching at the well. Jesus is preaching on the mountain. And these women are doing the same thing. And so I think we need to be careful um, how religious we get sometimes and yeah. just let naturally from the relationship with Jesus flow such a beautiful thing. I've had a lot of people question what I'm doing because I'm a woman preaching in the church. I've had some nasty comments, not just online, but in person about me doing what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, you know, I can't deny what God has called me to, and I can't deny the doors He's opened for me to preach in, and um, I couldn't have gotten myself even into the positions that I've been in to preach the Word other than God opening the door for me to, and seeing uh, the gospel being spread and seeing people fall more in love with Jesus because of the messages I've been able to preach, I just don't see how that could go against what God's doing. I think that goes back to if God speaks something and it aligns with His Word, then then it should be a good thing, and I just... I don't really see how that could
0: be a bad thing with me preaching. Yeah. And, and even you talked about the woman at the well, like the woman at the well was the person who Jesus, like Jesus told he was the Messiah to. Was the yeah. woman at the well. Like the yeah. first person he told he was the Messiah to was the yeah. woman at the well. And I think this argument really irritates me like a lot actually. Um Because if you think about this idea of like, you just led this conference with 3000 young girls, preach to them, minister to them, repentance, baptism. And it's like, if if you if if you get to heaven, and God is like genuinely mad that you preached, like to me that'd be the, that'd be the most baffling thing ever.
1: It would be baffling. So I'm
0: like, if you really, if you're listening to this or watching this, and you actually have an issue with women preaching in the church, like ask yourself if you really think that God would be mad when we get to heaven. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's just like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
1: I don't I don't I don't really see how it could be. Yeah, I think it. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I'm go saying, and like, make it's, disciples. It's our
0: testimony. Like, go and
1: make disciples, telling all, baptizing them Matthew, in the name of the Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit, all nations. Except
0: each. women don't do that.
1: But God, but Jesus didn't even say
0: that. I'm saying, saying. Like, when,
1: when Jesus said to Mary, meet me here, and all these people go and meet him there, and he tells everybody, go make disciples, baptizing them under my name, all this stuff. Jesus said that. He yeah. didn't say except for women. Yeah. Y'all don't do that. That's just for the men. And so, yeah, I mean, I think sense. I think we're all called to do that and I think 100%. Absolutely. I think well, preaching
0: we're it's like it's your testimony. Like so if you go share your testimony to somebody, that might be viewed as "quote unquote preaching." So it's like so you don't even share your testimony. It it, it makes it baffling. Now me.
1: let me say, I have a lot of compassion for this topic because I went to a church for 17 years that didn't believe that women should preach in the church. And I didn't that women could preach in the church either because i read those verses and i said well here it is women you should be silent in the church um and so i didn't believe that that was a thing and then i saw a woman preach and it changed my life and i went to the the altar call for the first time responded first time really got emotional during worship and was just so moved by it and i was like that was i'm so i'm so grateful that she preached because that message, what God did through her changed my life. And now I get to do that for other people. Yeah. And and what it didn't do for me is it didn't make me go, she's awesome. It made me go, God is so good. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I think me preaching has nothing really to do with me as a woman preaching. Like, be, doesn't matter if I'm a woman or whatever, like, yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I'm preaching. But like, the point is, it's like, why am I preaching? I'm preaching so that you can see the goodness of God. Why am I preaching? Mm-hmm. So that, so that you can not actually see me and see the Lord. So that, that woman at the well, it's like, so that you can know he's the Messiah. It's actually not about me and we're making it too much about us. So being like, well, you're a woman. It's like, it's, this isn't about me. It's about God. Yeah. You know, this is like God. And also like, the whole thing about women is like God created women. You know, like someone asked me the other day, they said, Sadie, what do you think about um, just the message of like women and how does that fit with like um, in bibl- biblically? Because like women empowerment and the Bible doesn't really line up with bibl- women empowerment. I said, Yes, the Bible does line up with women empowerment. God created women. God created women. Like He created them in, his, in their mother's womb. He knit them together. He lets women carry for the next generation. What an empowering thing that God would let us do to create and to yeah. birth. Like How empowering. Not only that, but God empowered women by sitting with women, by um, doing life with women, by ministering to women, and letting women minister alongside Him. Mary Magdalene had like seven demons before she met the Lord, was completely transformed by Jesus' life. They went on to minister with Jesus. They went on to be the first person who saw Jesus and tell everybody about it, which without that moment... Mm -hmm. We wouldn't even know about the resurrection. So, gosh, I just think that Jesus was so empowering with women. I think the Bible is very empowering of women. Um, And that's why I said that thing about submitting. I don't think that that takes away from Mm -hmm. um, who you are. I think that just aligns yourself to to who you are and who you are created to be as a man, who I was created to be as a woman, in a beautiful picture that God designed.
0: Amen. And that is what it is, a man and a woman. Um, Last question I want to ask you. Because last time you were on my podcast, you had this goal. I want to ask oh, you, dear. can you do a pull-up?
1: for eight, man. Let me be honest with y'all. <laughs> See, this is going to be inspiring because a lot of people come in here and they have these crazy goals and they just tell you how they absolutely crushed it. I'm going to come out here and be real with y'all. I cannot do a pull up without the band, okay? That is you know, look, here's okay. you, the thing. I have been working up, hard. I haven't haven't I've yeah, worked, but you've hard. worked your butt off. No, I haven't like worked as hard as I should to do a pull up, but I've worked hard. And I've gotten stronger. I've shown a lot of progress. You've gotten a lot you've gotten really I've gotten a lot stronger. stronger. But I can't do a dang pull up. So, next time on the podcast, um, I will update you on my pull up journey. There you
0: go. It'll just be this, this perpetual asking of if Maybe you Maybe
1: I'll pull just up. be on one band. Yeah. I think I'm still on two. Dang it.
0: Well, babe, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for tuning back in. I guess this is season two of our podcast. We relaunched this, So, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope that this encouraged you, challenged you, and uh, made you laugh, uh, made you cry.
1: Uh, all of the things. All the emotions. And, hey, I just want to say to all the girls listening, um, this is such a great podcast, obviously, uh, for anybody. It is for men. And so I just encourage you, if you have boyfriend, husband, dad, uncle, whoever, send this along. I know this is going to encourage them so much in their faith journey. And it's just great to hear from so many of these men who are inspiring other men to uh, train, not only physically, but more importantly, train uh, spiritually and so just an encouragement to send these to all your god friends let them know that it's fit friday yeah. with christian health
0: there we go we love you guys thanks so much for tuning in hope you enjoyed this episode